0: Hello my friends, thank you so much for joining in to another episode of the Rise and Grow podcast with me, your girl, Melinda Rackley, the Inspiration Engineer. And today I'm going to share a very special episode of Boundaries Bootcamp with you. In week two of Boundaries Bootcamp, we talk about developing the blueprint, where we take a deep dive into boundary injuries, laws, and myths. Now this is a heavy topic to cover so I have invited three dynamic men to join in on this conversation. So we're going to be joined by Dwight Follins who is a national evangelist and spiritual coach. D. Jerome Garrett who is a master's level social worker and spiritual coach and last but certainly not least Mr. Derek William Gibson who is an educator, spiritual coach and also an elder in the church. So we are so excited to have them and i know that this week is going to get your mind and wheels turning in the direction of healthy boundaries so take a listen and again thank you so much for gracing me with your presence here on the rise and grow podcast let's pray lord we thank you for this day god we just thank you that you have led us all here tonight i ask that you Speak freely through us. Allow us to cover something that is going to help someone to create and maintain healthy boundaries in their life. I thank you that you have given us this life to have and enjoy. Lord, show us what we need to do to have boundaries okay. with ourselves and others and live oh, no. in your name, I pray. Amen. Amen. So let's dive right in. In week one I opened with the quote and it says, walls keep everyone out, but boundaries teach us where the door is. And I talked a lot about that in week one because we often build walls, but we forget to put in the door. There has to be a door in your wall in order for it to be a healthy boundary. Um, That is so essential. And I want to open with this question. Do you remember your first boundary injury? Does anyone remember their first boundary injury? It's a hard question. (laughs) The first time your boundary was injured, the first time someone crossed the line that you drew in the sand.
1: Uh, Let me say. Uh, immediately my mind went to, we were growing up and my parents had six kids, one girl and five boys and money was not necessarily plentiful. So when you got something new, you know, you kind of preserved it. And I remember taking the new shirt that I had and I placed it in the closet and I said, I'm going to wear this, this day. I'm going to wear this, this day. I'm going to wear this, this day, Right. So I get to school and the new shirt that I was saving, my brother had on my shirt. Okay, I was done. But I didn't want to show out at school. So what he did, he got, he sat to the front of the bus because we were the same, we rode the same bus. He sat to the front of the bus, got off the bus and ran home and took the shirt off and hung the shirt back up in the closet. Mm. It was a boundary. It, you crossed a material boundary. Mm-hmm. And you didn't even apologize for it. I might even be here, get here right now. <laughs> 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 he didn't even apologize and say, I'm sorry or whatever, whatever. But when you ask that question, that's the first thing that came to my mind.
0: Mm. Wow. I don't
1: know how deep you want to go because, as a victim of molestation,
0: mm-hmm.
1: boundaries.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. So, if you're talking boot camp and doors and walls and windows and roofs and foundations, at the end of the day, I think we live in a time where people don't really understand boundaries because boundaries really speak to the core of who you are and your ability to say yes or no. And so as a child, children have to be protected because they don't quite understand the boundaries. And that's why it's important for parents to understand the boundaries. I'm going to stop right there. Okay. I got a lot more, but I'm going to stop.
0: Oh, you just hit home right there. You hit, you hit the nail right on the head because in this, in the book boundaries, It really does talk about how childhood is the foundation, right? That's when we learn boundaries. That's often when our boundaries are misstepped and we experience injury. It all starts with childhood. And I'm glad that you answered and you were honest, because if we're all honest, the very first time our boundary was crossed was as a child. I'm sure we can all think of some, it could have been something simple as, you know, your like your brother or your sister or whatever it's always going to go back to that childhood and I want to share this quote from page 64 uh, at the bottom and it says remember the old saying insanity is generic you inherit it from your kids well boundaries aren't inherited they are built And that's so true. We don't just, our boundaries aren't just handed down. We have to build them. And, you know, I'm only 32 and I'm just now learning how to build healthy boundaries. And it's only after being knocked down, dragged, you know, you experience life and you're like, I got to do something. Then you start to build a boundary, but you have been kind of beat down enough, you know? Mr. Sterling, I see your hand, go right ahead.
2: Yes, uh, thank you. I think uh, reflecting on boundaries, I'm thinking about the boundaries of the sacred, respecting the sacred. Um, This is one of my triggers now in this time uh, and age, where for example, Uh, Other funerals I go to and I see people taking selfies and, uh, you know, going on the internet and things of that nature. And it really, really triggers me. Um, but I can't really, um, so that's one thing and, 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 and the honoring of the sacred of, of intimacy, Mm -hmm. um, honoring of relationship, honoring of self, uh, as opposed to, you know, the, um, the image of branding, self as branding. Okay. My mind just goes back to what we do to cattle. You know, when we brand cattle, I feel that because of the lack of boundaries for the sacredness of self, we are, we're branding ourselves. Um, and, and yeah, that's a whole layer of lack of boundaries for self and, and sacredness that I wanted to bring to the conversation.
0: That is so true. And, and I think that one of the first boundaries that we can ever have in life is with ourselves, you know, and if we don't develop, we don't develop the ability to say yes and no to ourselves, then we won't be able to say yes and no to other people, you know, and it, it's, it comes with a mindfulness. A lot of times bound, having boundaries requires you to be mindful of yourself, your environment, other people, and in in today's world, it's easy to just walk around mindlessly, like you said, with your cell phone and Instagram and Facebook, you know, and you lose touch with what's really going on, the ability to be mindful of your boundaries. You know, recently I had to set a boundary with myself to turn off all of my devices at 11 o'clock every night, no matter what, and take a bubble bath, (laughs) You know, and it it sounds really simple, but I realized that by not doing that, I wasn't honoring myself. And when we don't stay true to our boundaries, we don't honor ourselves. You know, and when you don't honor yourself, then that brings on a whole nother realm of questioning: Do you love yourself? Right? <laughs> Do you love yourself enough to honor yourself and your boundaries? And I want to transition to page 66 in the book. Um, I think you, Derek, were you? did you have something you wanted
3: to share? Well, I, I just found it and I thought that was so um, interesting to share that when we don't have boundaries within ourselves, it's hard to expect other people to understand our boundaries. And I think the pitfall in that, if you will, is if I don't have any boundaries for myself I can't expect anyone else to have boundaries for me. So then everything becomes a yes, because I don't have that boundary of saying, no, I'm not com- comfortable with that. Or even if it's not something that's spoken or said, because I don't have those boundaries, I allow it to happen.
0: Yeah. That's so true. That is so true. And I think that, that I allow it sometimes It's hard to admit that (laughs) you want to be like, no, they just, they just did this to me, but you got to first stop and say, no, I allowed it because I didn't have healthy boundaries with myself. Yes, sir. Uh, Mr. Garrett, I see your hand.
1: Well, I want to, I love this conversation because what you're saying is talking about self care. Mm -hmm. And that is the statement that we use often, self care. Um. The boundaries is connected to self-care, but it connects to your core values. So the core values become the governing values of your heart. This is what I'm going to allow. This is what I'm not going to allow. And so the governing values is connected to our core beliefs. Mm. What we believe about ourselves, which is connected to our self-esteem, our self-worth. And so that's why boundaries are very, very important because there's a passage of scripture that says, love thy neighbor as thyself. Yeah, I can only love you to the degree I love myself. But yeah. so if I give myself no self-care, what, if they, what does it say about you? And so I think that whole self part and even the um, spirituality and the sacred part because I believe that man is spirit, soul, and body. People don't take care of their bodies. Mm-hmm. They don't take care of their souls. And they don't do nothing for the spiritual development. And so we have to understand that boundaries is everything. Yeah, it set things in order. Because if the sun was a, a mile closer, we would burn. He set things in order. And he set things in boundaries and That's just how it is. And so when our lives are not in a schedule, we don't live by a schedule. We don't set boundaries emotionally. Anything can come in and go out. Thank you for letting me share.
0: Thank you. That's so true. I love that. And I want to, it was something we didn't get to cover last week. And I want to share it because I think we are really knocking on the door of it. The three types of people Um, That the book go over in chapter two, it's compliance and the compliant people have fuzzy and indistinct boundaries. They melt into the demands and needs of other people. Compliance are chameleons. Their inability to say no to the bad is pervasive and it keeps them from refusing and even recognizing evil. Their spiritual and emotional radar is broken. They have no ability to guard their hearts. That's the compliance. Next we have the avoidance. Avoidance is the inability to ask for help, to recognize one's own needs, and to let others in. Avoidance withdraw when they're in need. They do not ask for the support of other people. Those People avoid opportunities for others to love them as they have loved others. And then the last group of people, controllers. Controllers see a person not as a challenge Wait, controllers see a person's no as a challenge to change his or her mind controllers can't respect other people's limits they resist taking responsibility for their own lives so they need to control other people's lives controllers are therefore perceived as manipulative and ag- aggressive bullies so those three types of people in the book and i thought it was so interesting compliance avoidance, and controllers. In your life, which of these can you identify with and which of these three do you feel you come in contact with the most? Controllers, compliance, or avoidance?
1: Well, I'll go first. (laughs) (laughs) I've kind of been a combination of all three. It all depends on what situation I was in in my life, I find myself being compliant, the avoidant, and the the controller. Um, But I feel like all of them are connected with fear.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. So in times of fear, you know, they say you freeze, you fight, well, actually you fight or you flight, and I put freeze in it and they also say freeze. But I find myself in a combination of all three. Now, the ones who I don't deal with very well, I don't deal well with the compliance people and the controlling people.
0: <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> That's 50% of the people.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, well, I find myself becoming a motivator for all mm-hmm. of them because mm-hmm. I'm 54 years old and I've lived a little bit. And so it's important for me to motivate people to be their best. Mm. So in terms of boundaries, okay, so I just got off a clinical supervision call and we had a therapist. Her whole issue is people have crossed boundaries. Mm. Now, because she don't do self-care, she's overwhelmed and she's exhausted. Somewhere, now, I didn't read the book yet. When you call me, I bought the book off Audible. And before my meeting, I started listening to the introduction. So I have not gotten into the book yet, but I plan to listen to it. Uh, But I teach um, boundaries all the time and they're taking a different approach. Mm -hmm. They're taking a different approach and it's something that is not being taught on the therapeutic level. We teach them the different kinds of boundaries, but in terms of how to work in these personalities. Anyway, thank you for letting me share.
0: (laughs) I just love you. You, You're so funny. (laughs) You know, and I want to ask you this question. Evaluate your life today. Have you assumed most of your responsibilities out of compassion and not sacrifice? Like, that's a good question, because sometimes it's like you'll do something out of compassion and you really don't really want to do it. You know, you don't really, you don't really want to do it. You don't feel like you want to do it. But because you're feeling compassionate, you erase the boundary for that person. How many times have you erased your boundary for someone?
3: And, and, and I found that when, when you ask the question, a lot of times we, we want to feel as if we're operating out of compassion mm-hmm. but when we look at it and and you made the statement it's something i really don't want to do but again it goes back to the premise of this conversation i've not set boundaries for myself or anyone and saying again a big boundary is just saying no and not feeling guilty about that um because of the different type of people that we've interacted with the controllers the um The the three you just gave us. So in that instance, um, we act as if we're operating out of compassion. But the bottom line is we haven't set that boundary to say, I really don't want to do this. So we try to find the compassion in it.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's so true. We'll try to justify We'll we'll turn it and twist it and make it fit when it doesn't fit. You had a boundary there. Right. And it's like when I look at that quote, Um, walls keep everybody out, but boundaries teach us where the door is. So many times after we do something out of compassion and it goes horribly, (laughs) we build this wall. And on that wall, we forget to put a door, right? There must be a door in order for it to be a healthy boundary. Because if there is no door, then that's just keeping people out. And you're not going to get anywhere. No one can get in. No one can get out. It's just a, a wall there with no door and our ability to be compassionate is great, but compassion without boundaries will get you ran over. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Every time. Thank you. Thank you. I see you joined in. Thank you Dwight for joining in and we are having a great discussion right now, continuing on on boundaries and I want to kind of skip back to what we were talking about a little earlier about childhood being the foundation of uh, building our walls and our doors. Um, And I love how Mr. Garrett was so open and shared the story of his brother, you know, uh, overstepping that material boundary because things like that will stick in our minds and it'll also cause us to Build that wall and be selfish. And being selfish is not the same as self-care. You know, being selfish is not the same as having a boundary. You know, they are not all in one. Oh, Mr. Sterling, I see your hand. Did you have a, uh, a comment?
2: Oh, uh, thank you, Melinda. Um, the 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 conversation where we're talking about compassion. And boundaries and sacrificing boundaries for compassion. I'm also thinking about maybe at the opposite end of the spectrum, which is safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I was hearing the the gentleman say before was, you know, as it was relating to his experience in childhood, how safety is a big issue as well. Um, and the, the sacrifice being made for safety and, and boundaries and the, the intersection with um, trauma. So um, I'm just uh, asking myself all kinds of questions right now about, you know, where does safety sit in the relationship to boundaries? Um, as much as boundary could be a concept, safety comes first or does it? That's, that's a question I have.
0: That's a great question. And I think, you know, that goes back to childhood. You know, it all, it's rooted there. Did, were you able to feel safe as a child? And I think for me in my life, I was somewhat safe in my home, but there was not freedom in my home to explore my personality. And it wasn't, you know, anyone's fault. My parents were raised a certain way. So they raised me a certain way. And I think that, that, that safety comes, it starts as a child you know, that's the foundation. Are you, do you feel safe? Do you feel loved? Kind of those, that hierarchy of needs there, you know, safety, love, affection, food, all those things. And and to to create a healthy boundary, one must have a relationship, a a solid relationship with at least one other person in life that you know is going to love you no matter what. That unconditional love that makes you feel safe to show who you are, bring your whole self to the table and allow that person to help you. It's the scripture in the Bible about iron sharpening iron, right? That means you're going to have to rub up against someone. And then that person's going to rub up against you, but you guys have to be able to sharpen each other. And that's a safety in a relationship. Um, and I want to go to page 75, uh, Mr. because that was a great point and boundary injury is where we are now, Boundary Injuries. And I think I saw, did someone have something to say? I think I might've saw a hand, but it it went away. Okay, so when we talk about boundary injuries, there are a few things that stick out. And on page 76, there's a quote. Generally, the earlier and more severe the injury, the deeper the boundary problem. So individuals who have experienced a a boundary issue or injury early in life as a child is going to be a deeply rooted problem there in relationships or in abilities to relate with other people. Have you ever met a person who they are either too much or just Not enough. They're all over the place. You're like, oh my God, this person is cray cray. That's usually someone who has a boundary issue. You can spot people who have boundary issues if you pay attention, if you interact with them. Most of the time, people who are always in front of the room and they want to be seen and they look at me, look at me, look at me. They have a boundary issue that makes them feel like I got to be in front of this room. I got to be in charge of this. They are a controller. And we talked about them earlier. But when we go in the book to page 75 with boundary issues, there are quite a few that he talks about. But the one that I want to talk about today is trauma. And that's on page 82, trauma. And I'm going to read a little bit here. If you have the book, it's 82 and it's the third paragraph down. Specific traumas can, injury, can injure boundary development. A trauma is an intensely painful emotional experience rather than a character pattern. Emotional, physical, and sexual abuse are traumatic. Accidents and debilitating illnesses are traumatic. Severe losses, such as the death of a parent, divorce, or extreme financial hardship are also traumatic. A good way to look at the difference between character-related patterns such as withdrawal and hostility and trauma is to look at how a tree in the forest can be hurt. It can be fed inappropriately through bad ingredients in the soil, or it can be given too much or too little sun or water. This is an illustration of character pattern problems. Trauma is like lightning hitting the tree. A trauma can affect boundary development because it shakes up two necessary foundations to children's growth. One, the world is reasonably safe. And two, they have control over their lives. And I wanted to share that part because Trauma is often one of the biggest reasons we build a wall that does not have a door. So we build a boundary, but it's not a healthy one because there is no door. And I want to open the floor for our our guests who are joining us to offer their feedback on this portion of boundaries and trauma, how it injures the boundary.
4: Uh, That's a good topic for me, one that I can, I guess, uh, live on. Um, And so occasionally, it's crazy. Um, We're coming up on the anniversary of the murder of my dad. And my father was murdered by my uncle. And he was murdered uh, by my uncle on Mother's Day. And it created trauma um, to me and my brother because it was an uncle that we adored. Um, and it was an uncle that we looked up to and the way we handled the trauma, my brother and I, the way we handled the trauma was completely different. I submerged myself in ministry and my brother, he kind of withdrew. You know, he kind of stayed to himself. I've I submerged myself with traveling and preaching and doing all the other stuff. And uh, it wasn't until my aunt said, I want you, I made an appointment for you to go and speak to somebody because you need to talk to somebody. That I realized, you know, that I medicated myself with ministry instead of actually dealing with uh, the situation and, 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 um, and moving on. Then I was able to, as the therapist said, Grieve well. She, uh, I remember that word distinctly. So grief is a part of life, and we almost learn how to grieve well. But the trauma of what had what happened, it just it, I feel like I was blindsided, you know. And this was it. Just it just hit me hard. But I looked at the way that m- both me and my brother handled the situation you know and i would often check on him and go see him and nobody could find him nobody could locate him where you at and something would say just go to dad's grave and he would be on my father's grave just crying profusely crying 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 and i just pick him up and say hey we're gonna get through this and i'm seeing now how he's slowly coming around to it where i uh, used a traumatic situation um, to kind of medicate myself with doing something else, you know, but I, I learned that I had to learn how to redo it again. And now um, my boundary became open to embrace um, other mentors who were like my father. Uh, who, are, who are who would have been the same age or older than my father? I opened myself to the likes of a person, a uh, Bishop Robinson, who, who took me in, and that kind of gave me therapy. That kind of gave me whatever. But the trauma of the uh, of that uh, caused me to to lock down and not want any 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 anybody to come in, uh, especially a father figure. But after having therapy and talking to somebody and she told me to learn how to grieve well, because grief is a part of life, you know, and then it opened up for me to meet somebody such as uh, Bishop Robinson, who would go to lunch with me and talk with me and somebody who I could call. You know, when I'm buying a car, every I noticed in in my life and I'm wrapping it up every in my life, every car I ever bought, my father was there. And I needed to buy, purchase a car. I needed a car. And Bishop Robin was so, he was so instrumental with helping me get this next car. Yeah. And um, that's when I said, okay, I hear you. You know, I, I know it's, something is speaking to me and it's letting me know that, uh, that I, I'm going to be okay. But I had to re- redefine my boundary after that traumatic situation. You know, that's what happened for me. And I noticed what my brother, he has to develop his in a whole nother way. But for me, after that trauma of losing my father in the way we lost him, I had to reestablish and re, re redo my boundary when it, from I that trauma. Yeah,
0: that. That's really good. The way that you what you just said, because trauma does often it, we are either going to redefine our boundary in a healthy way or we're going to completely go left and there's no boundary and we just living fast, you know? And that's so, I love that. A healthy way is to redefine it, reach out for help. And, you know, oftentimes we do medicate with things that we think are, Oh, this is useful. You know, like church, nothing wrong with going to church. I'm I'm working for Jesus. Right. (laughs) You know, but it's like there comes a point that it does become just a cover up. You just calling. And, and I noticed for me in my life when I when I went through the stroke, that was traumatic. And I didn't want to go to church because I had an issue with God. I would stay in my apartment, like, nah, nah, Lord, you did this. You, you, you gave me this stroke. And I had to come to the same place that you're talking about, Dwight, and and kind of reshaping, redefining my boundary reimagining recreating you know a healthy boundary putting a, a door in this wall because it wasn't helpful to have a wall that didn't have a door even god couldn't get in because he's a gentleman he's not gonna bust down the wall <laughs> you know he's gonna go to the door and so it was that whole you know reimagining redefining you know that's a very instrumental point and thank you for sharing that i see a hand go ahead
2: I'm sorry, Melinda, uh, uh, is it me or somebody else?
0: Yes, yes. No, that's you, Mr. Sterling. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm pointing. I did not see (laughs) me.
2: I just wanted to be polite. I didn't know if somebody else had their hand open. But um, I guess my question to to all of you um, in terms of spirituality and spirit, um, maybe this is a false assumption that I have in terms of boundaries and spirit. My assumption is that when it comes to spirit, Spirit claims all parts of you, and there's no boundaries there. Am I
4: wrong? Mm.
0: Great question, y'all. Y'all gotta tackle that. I don't (laughs)
4: don't know about that. You you are so right. And uh, in my shameless plug, in my new book, Up and Forward, there's a section that I wrote on spirituality. Spirituality is what connects us to a higher power, and it is limited. It, I mean, it's, it's limitless. I'm sorry. It has no limit to it. It goes beyond our understanding. But most of the people don't learn how to tap into spirit. Most of the people don't know how to become spirit-led individuals. That comes with, um, with you, whatever resource or whatever religion that you have. It comes with your meditation and prayer life. It comes with getting familiar with God, getting familiar with the higher force, because you are absolutely right, Mr. Sterling, that spirit has no limit to it. But the average person does not know how to tap into spirit because we're too busy trying to um, be defined by natural things. You hear me? And I had to learn that in dealing with grief and trauma. Learn how to connect with God. Learn how to connect my spirit with the creative force of God. Take walks on the beach. Take walks in nature. Um, do things that are free in spirit, you know, hang around positive people because it liberates you. It, it gives you a sense of, of of secured boundaries or safe boundaries because the spirit world has no, it's, it's infinite. It goes beyond, you know, and a lot of people don't know how to do that. But there are other religions and other sources that. Teach their people to meditate or to tap into it. In Christianity, we must learn how to uh, effectively have a prayer life. Prayer is a powerful source when it comes to the Christian belief, but the average Christian has to learn how to discipline themselves and activate their prayer life. Buddhists pray. Uh, At least uh, they have 12 steps of enlightenment. Muslims pray at least three to four times a day. You hear me? But as Christians, if a person is a Christian, they have to cultivate that prayer life. Everything Jesus did was ignited through prayer. So when we say boundaries and when we connect it to the spirit world, sir, it is limitless. It has no... But you got to learn how to tap into it. You need a person to get you there. Sometimes a therapist, you uh, somebody to talk to, somebody you trust to get you there, to help you get to that sense of freedom, that limitless thing. And, and the disciples underneath Jesus, they noticed it. They said, every time you come down from the mountain of prayer, every time you come from your time of prayer, dynamic things happen teach us how to pray that's why he gave them a model prayer and in that prayer there's nothing personal it's always it's us and our you hear me? Because that taps into the limitless force of freedom. We receive freedom when we pray for others, when we embrace others, when we have boundaries that include others. You hear me? So that is that is something to think about. And it is something that we need to meditate on. I hope that I encourage you with that. Please get my book up and forward. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes. Oh, I love that. That was powerful. I was sucked in for a minute. Lord, that was good. And that's so true. I think for me, I, I, I used to try and make my walk with God look like someone else's. And then I had to realize that my relationship was my relationship. You know, it's not going to look like my brothers or my mothers or my friends. It's mine. It's mine to create. It's mine that no one can take away from me. No one can give to me. You know, it's just between me and God. And um, on that note as we prepare to close out, we have a few minutes left. Um, we didn't get to the laws of boundaries, but please, um, I would love to have all of you back next week, um, on our next podcast episode so that we can, um, talk more about this and get to the laws of boundaries. Um, but I want to open the floor for any final thoughts about boundaries and the blueprint. How do we create healthy boundaries. Where do we start? What do we do? You know, this these are some things we're gonna talk about this Saturday. But I want you all to give us some some nuggets of wisdom from your life. Um before that, I do see your hand, uh Mr. Garrett. So go ahead with your
1: So the I'm one. gonna do my I'm gonna do my final uh comments and I'm gonna also uh hi the white how you doing I'm gonna do Thank my you final here. comments and but I wanna back on What he was talking about is spirituality in the fourth dimension. But before people actually get there, Mr. Sterling, spirituality is limitless. But spirituality is also order. And so when I think of spirituality, I think of creativity. I think of faith. And because God have order and he has boundaries in terms of where he put the sun, the moon and the stars in terms of where he placed you in the different divine places that you're supposed to be in your life. There is a level of order. So I love the book, going to get the book. and, And a lot of people are not teaching the limitless thing in the spirit, which is the fourth dimension that deals with the seven day mentality. The seven-day mentality says it is already finished. Yeah. Which is that spiritual dimension that you were talking about. But I wanted to throw that in in terms of uh, those people who are, don't, you don't understand the limitless at this point. You're just growing your spirituality. So my concern would be find the schedule, find the order. And what happens is, uh, Melinda, a lot of time we're not doing the soul work. hmm we do the spiritual work because we go to church. I grew up in church. My dad is a pastor. Mama a missionary. Well, have you tried Jesus? He's all right. But there's something happened in my soul when I was molested. There was something that happened in my masculine soul that tore my masculine soul. And now I'm trying to reclaim this area of safety. I don't feel safe anymore. Uh, now the trauma has caused uh, something to happen in my life and I'm not safe anymore. So... I I love the conversation tonight because taking it back to the childhood, understanding there needs to be a level of safety, understanding and processing your trauma. And then he talked about grief. Grief is traumatic in itself. But at the end of the day, I believe that we have to understand principles and principles builds patterns and patterns build practices. So your principles is what we believe. The patterns are the patterns of thought. The practices is actually our behavior. And I believe with my last words that everything is established on principles that causes patterns of behavior or patterns of thinking that leads to practices in our behavior. So if we don't deal with the trauma, we don't deal with the grief, we don't deal with the molestation. We don't deal with the issues then we'll never be able to reset our boundaries. That word reset our boundaries. Yeah, I went through this. Oh, but I've learned from this. And consequently, because I've learned from this, I'm not going to do this no more. (laughs) All right. And with that, thank you for letting me share.
0: Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. I love the way you end that. Drop the mic. Boom. <laughs> yes. All right. So anyone else, I want to hear last words. Mr. Derek Dwight. I know we had, you got to unmute yourself.
3: <laughs> I just, I think about the um, opening, the opening statement that you said, and I know we're getting, ready to close um you said um you, you inherited um we re- re- boundaries aren't inherit they're built and and i think um you you talked about where we get get our boundaries from i i think back on my set of boundaries um as a child i had limited boundaries very few boundaries therefore it put me in situations and scenarios that um, I was not equipped for. Um, Having a child at 15, I wasn't equipped for that. But it was because my boundaries were not built properly by the people that should have built them. Because I think when we opened this discussion, we talked about our parents setting the boundaries or building those boundaries. And because my boundaries weren't sufficiently built I um, engaged, if you will, in things. But then the flip side of that, as a parent, um, and it's, and I know we got to go, it's a discussion my wife and I have had so frequently. She grew up in a house full of boundaries, set boundaries. I grew up in a house with no ba- boundaries. So when it was time to merge and raise our children, I would often say, I know the effects and the results of no boundaries. And I I don't want that for my children. And she would come from the the opposite um, end of the spectrum and say, I had too many boundaries and I want to give them some liberty. So I think even when we talk about how these boundaries are developed, we have to make sure even as we're building them, they're built in a healthy manner so that we don't go from one extreme, I think you said it earlier, we don't become that crazy person. We're either one extreme with no boundaries or the other extreme with too many boundaries because then it it creates other issues with boundaries.
0: Yes, that was great. That was so great. Look, you should have been talking the whole time, Dara. You gotta come back. I wanna hear more about this. Cause as a parent, I feel like I'm I'm kind of, I'm a little, I'm a single parent. So it's like I do this dance with boundaries. Like, oh yeah, we'll have boundaries today, but tomorrow I'm tired. Girl, go on in that room, do what you're gonna do now. You know. <laughs> so it's 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 learning that middle ground with boundaries. And it's hard. It's so it hard because growing up in a home where we were deep in the church, you don't learn life boundaries. You do not learn. The simple life boundaries that are going to keep you safe in relationships mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. others. <laughs> and so it's like, man, and my daughter's only eight, but I'm realizing, oh, my God, she doesn't know what a boundary is. I have to teach her these things, you know? And she's at the phase now where she's able to comprehend a little bit more. She's watching a little bit more. And it's 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 a dance. I'm telling you, sometimes I win the dance, sometimes the dance wins me. <laughs> but, but it's, gosh, I would love for you to come back and we can talk more about this, this parenting and boundaries and, and the middle ground. You know, not enough, not too much, just right. And it's different for every child.
3: You know, and and, and and I'm sorry, and I want to say this, and I think, you know, the love, it's, it's interesting that you say and you talk about how you were, were raised. Um, your brother and I have been friends over 30 years. And one of the things that drew me to him and your family was the fact that you all had rules. You all had rules. People call them rules, boundaries of things you could not do. Mm-hmm. I could I could do it because i didn't have boundaries and so even as we're growing up there's a part of us as children we want boundaries and need boundaries and sometimes we seek out for those boundaries in other people again that's what drew me to your family i was like this kid can't do nothing he <laughs> can't go to the movie he can't play basketball he can't wear shorts He hated it, but I loved it. He had those boundaries that I was saying because, oh, I hear it. Listen, because for me, I think boundaries were equated to love. Mm. If somebody showed me boundaries, they loved me. They had time for me. I was important because they set these boundaries for me. And I had adults in my life that were so busy with their own thing and their own world, they didn't set boundaries for me.
0: Mm, that's so true. I love that. And I guess I'm learning the difference, too, between a, a boundary and a punishment. Mm-hmm. They're not the same, you know. Like this weekend, uh, I took my daughter on a trip and I was sharing with Mrs. Sterling. We were relaxing, having fun, and she just kind of had a little, a little meltdown moment. And I had to stop myself because I, I was going over into punishment land when it wasn't time to give a punishment it was time to create a boundary a Mm -hmm. boundary that says no enough we're not going to do this and this is Mm -hmm. why we're not going to do this as opposed to saying no i want you to go lay down and you know it, it was a it's learning how to be expressive and that's something that i think We did have rules and things in our home, but we didn't have that talk time of why are you behaving this way? What is going on within you right now? You know, and and in this world in 2021, these kids got a lot going on. Okay. (laughs) so, you know, it's, it's taking that time to stop and talk to her and develop boundaries with love you know and not punishment <laughs> you know so gosh Derek you have opened a whole another can like you got to come back I want to see you next week <laughs> I will all right Mr. Dwight my brother my friend my favorite author
4: <laughs> I have nothing to say I've talked enough and I have enjoyed everybody um, this has been really, really good. I'm so grateful. Uh,
0: there you have it, week two of Boundaries Bootcamp. I hope and pray that something was said today to encourage, inspire, or uplift you in the right direction so that you are able to create and maintain healthy boundaries. Take a moment to look at your life. Look at all of the walls you have inside and make sure there is a door. Make sure that that door has a lock and make sure that only you have the key. (laughs) You are in charge of your boundaries. You can create them at any moment uh, in your life and you can change them to suit your needs as long as it's healthy. So again, thank you for joining in and thank you for listening to the Rise and Grow podcast with me Your girl, Melinda Rackley, the Inspiration Engineer. If you would like to join Boundaries Bootcamp, you can simply text ready to rise to 63975. That's READY, R-E-A-D-Y, 2-T-O, RISE, R-I-S-E, no space, all one word. And you can text that to 63975. Boundaries Bootcamp meets every Saturday morning, Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m., and we meet for one hour and we take a deep dive into boundaries how to create them and maintain them in our lives we have six weeks left so i would love to have you in the boundaries boot camp and again my friends you are in charge of your boundaries look at the ones you have and the ones that you want take charge of them create and maintain healthy boundaries. Be blessed, be well, and I'll see you here next week on the Rise and Grow podcast. The Rise and Grow podcast is sponsored by Rackhouse Publishing. For more information on Rackhouse Publishing or the Rise and Grow podcast, please visit rackhousepublishing.com. That's rackhousepublishing.com.